Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. This is the episode you've been waiting for, where my guest from last week, Tracy Malone, the author of Divorcing Your Narcissist, is now coaching one of my clients who is going through this. You will be amazed at what you learn from these two courageous people. Thank you for joining us. Sadly, a lot of my court-ordered mediations where the judges are saying you need to go through mediation, that's where I see more of that personality. Then in general, I love my clients. They come to me and they want to work together. And that probably isn't going to fit the persona of a nurse. Mm -hmm. So that is very helpful. And now I've asked my questions and I'm so thankful for my brave client that we're just calling Lisa's client who's been quietly sitting here listening. And she is going through this right now. And she has some great questions for Tracy. So welcome, Lisa's client, and please feel free to ask Tracy your questions. Wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I just want to say that I'm so grateful for, the, for this community and Tracy for being out there and putting yourself and allowing people like us to, to learn. You paved the way. So thank you. Thank you. In my Fuentes uh, journey that I'm going through, the one biggest thing that I'm kind of struggling with is, and it really stems off the cover of your book, <laughs> the tricks and the stuff that they're, ma- they're doing. How do you deal with the triggers? I'm a pretty strong person. I can deal with a lot of stuff. They're outlandish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stealing assets and police reports and scare tactics and Every time I go, you have got to be kidding. So stonewalling, just please. But yeah, please report. I just want to say I was giggling because Tracy held up her little button. If you're listening and not seeing this on YouTube and it says, you can't make this shit up. So I wasn't laughing at what the client was saying. That was a little bit of a humorous moment here on camera. (laughs) Very true though. All right. So how do we deal they have these outlandish things. The first thing is we can't control what they're going to say or do. And so for us, we have to manage how we respond to them. And you mentioned triggers. And that's one of the first thing I help clients with is learning to manage your triggers so that what they do doesn't get to you. It's almost like a could have had a V8. I'm smacking my head. Oh, of course they're going to do that. That's what they're going to do. It's out of the rule book. 
it's amazing how similar every case is. They do A, B, C, yeah. D, and they're just all over the place, right? You have to realize why they're doing this, right? They know your triggers. They know exactly what the most important thing is for you. So if you're a great mom, they're going to attack that you're a bad mom, right? They're going to attack that you're a thief. If you're like the, the I was the bookkeeper and I kept all the books in. Oh my goodness, there's a $2 toll that wasn't ours. We should call them. I was really good about that. But then I got accused of controlling the money and, and blah, 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 you know. So they're always going to use your greatest strengths. So in some ways, one way to learn to manage this is what our fight and flight gets stuck in here. When they do that, we shut down. So when we shut down because we've been triggered or they're doing another tactic that is outrageous, we have to understand that that's their goal. So their goal is to shut you down. So our goal is to not let them shut us down because that's their game. So knowing what, that it's just a game and people are like, I know I'm a good mother. They know I am. And I'm like, yeah, they probably do. They can't admit it because that doesn't align with their goals for the divorce, which is to not pay as much money or not all the different factors that come into it. But knowing what it is, is it half the battle. So you learn to manage your triggers and I have a, an amazing processing your trigger journal on my website that helps you go through the steps so that once you've written it into a journal a couple of times following these steps, you're not going to let them hijack your emotions. That's what their goal is, is to hijack your emotions. So learning to respond to that, the things of stolen assets, police reports, stonewalling. I have a piece of paper from my divorce <laughs> That is literally the final decree. My husband was in contempt seven, six out of seven trials for never handing in any paperwork. So talk about stonewalling. He'd fly from New York and just not bring anything and accuse me of missing page nine of a blank Amex statement. And that would be a whole trial, even though he didn't produce anything. Of course, they're going to stonewall, right? They're going to hold everything up because it's costing you more money. So again, what is the goal of what they're doing? And then again, not letting it get inside of you because if they tell you you're a bad parent or they're telling the court you're a bad parent, you're going to want to stand up and defend yourself. Ching more money. Let your lawyer decide what the most important things are that you have to fight. Stolen assets, fine. When you When that happens, you get to work proving what they've taken so that you get your half back. They knock you off track so that they can walk all over you. But if you go, oh, that's what they're doing, let me get those stolen assets documented so we have representation in court to fight that battle. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I document document so as well. And it sounds, Tracy, you're saying prepare yourself. Like before you go in, do the homework from that sheet that you have on your website and be prepared that they are going to try to get to you so that you're aware. And again, having a coach or a therapist along the way to learn to regulate your emotions, because I can't tell you how many clients get on the screen. This is what they did today. And the first thing I do before dealing with what they just did today is going, let's calm you. Let's give you the skills to know what and why they're doing it. Because that takes out some of the sting, right? We need to have that to protect ourselves. Thank you very much. Another question that I have that 
pondering all the time is when is it, when's enough is enough to say, okay, now we need to go to court. We've had one unproductive mediation, not with Lisa. They've been silent for eight weeks and now they wanted to do a moderated settlement conference. So it's like you are talking about the 97% that don't do very well in mediation. How do you start that decision-making process? The first thing, and it alerted me when you said the stonewalling and all of that, that they're not producing all the records. You don't even know where the 401k is. Never, ever go to mediation without knowing everything that's on the table for one thing. One unproductive three-hour mediation is just a start, but it's also showing the light of how they will be. And so you have to turn it around to what did I want to accomplish in this set? Let's say we go to my conference. That's one last chance for you to do it before you pay $100,000 to go to court, right? So it's worth trying that. And certainly with Lisa here, she can guide you in a hopefully more productive way. But pulling the plug and just saying, okay, we'll go to court. In this case, three hours is not a lot. I've had people in 12-hour, 15-hour mediations and nothing gets done. On those, after that time, they're just not willing to negotiate. And that's what we have to come to terms with because if they're not going to play, then you want to go into court with a really strong parenting plan and a really strong what you want so that the judge is going to base his decisions off what you're asking for. And that will help make it smoother when you get to court. But pulling the plug is a personal decision. But if you don't have all the facts, don't do it. If they're not willing to do anything and they just sit there like mine did, crossing his arm, no, nothing. Eight hours, thousands and thousands of dollars, it's not worth it. And But you do risk more going into the courtroom. Okay. I'd go for the moderated settlement first. Or even maybe one more mediation before the moderated settlement is what mm-hmm. I've got going in my brain. So yeah, that could work. Okay. But and then your goals, make sure you have goals that if they don't agree on A, B, and C, if you've got kids, we want to get half of what should be achieved in this next mediation or I'm not coming back. So make sure you have something in your head of where the line is. And that's a perfect segue to my next question is, what do I want? What's fair? What's right? I know that's not the key word I should be saying. No fair. <laughs> but how do you, when do you come to that decision-making or how to, to say, okay, move on. I don't want that. I want this though. Stop. I, just stop fighting because they continue to not. I was given the first proposal of he was going to take everything and I got nothing. So then I'm like, do I really want to fight for this? How far can we come in the middle because it's so far apart? So are you talking about marital assets and property and things like that? Pretty much, yes, everything. Real property. He's removed so much from the house. All of very much sentimental artwork, pictures, joint marital property. We have 401ks. We have pensions. We have so... We've got stuff. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have a lot. We're middle income, regular people. When it comes down to it, I want the house. I know I can afford it. I've gone through all of those details of really should you have it? Can you afford it? I've done all my homework there. I really want that. But the rest of it, it's like, how much do I fight? When do I stop? Do I push all the personal property? You go have that. And I know Lisa and I have talked about this. It's just, you could have 
so many negotiations of, okay, you have this. When do you know in your heart that something's not worth it? I'll use the example of a KitchenAid, which is so small compared to everything you're talking about. <laughs> but if the KitchenAid costs less than it would to fight over it, it's not worth fighting for. Pension, the house, the children, the 401k. Don't believe a narcissist if that's the only thing you take away from this conversation is they're just intimidating you. They want it all. You're getting nothing. You didn't really work. You're not getting anything. It's mine. It's not yours. All of that like grandiosity of their entitlement to everything is not true. But again, this is how they keep, this is gaslighting 101. And this is how they keep a victim trapped by not really letting them know what their options are. So most people will fall and just be like, oh, okay, I don't get anything. All right, I'll take this much because they are used to being manipulated. And in most cases, if they, the other parent was a stay-at-home person or made less than them, they've been told so often that they're not entitled to it, that this isn't yours, this is mine. Marital property is marital property. In this case is marital property, except for inheritances. So you are entitled to it. And I would fight like hell to make sure you got your share of it because his mediate, his, his whole concept is to sit there and scare you into not fighting for what is yours. And the court will tell you, you get half. Absolutely. I love that. The court will tell you that you get half. And then as far as I think fighting over little tiddly things, Look in your heart and think, do I really need this? Do I want this? Is it worth the fight? And like Tracy was saying, is it worth what it's going to cost to fight for it? KitchenAid. I think that is such good advice. And also, I think there's something to be said for while there he's going, I want all of it, right? There's nothing wrong with you saying, you know what? I want it all. Screw you. I want half of that. And then if you really don't care about the living room set down in the basement, you know what? I'll give that back, but you give me this. I'll give that. You use the pieces to negotiate back to a higher level rather than letting them control the narrative and tell you what you can take. If they negotiate. Right now, there's no conversation. And and again, having no conversation and again, that's not how the court is going to work. But okay. he's sitting there trying to tell you that so that you sit there in fear and worry. You know, go with your highest number and go with, if it comes to personal property like that, the living room set and the TV in there and all these little chachi things, right? If we just look at those things, you can also say, oh, I don't really want the couch, the TV, and the, and the dresser. but if you take them, I get half the money. Don't forget that piece of it because often you're like, okay, I'll give it to him. You think you're making peace and you're like, then they'll be nicer to you. No, he's just showing you what the bargaining chips are and take them all and then give back one or two rather than let him control that. And I know you're in this negotiation thing, but again, a courtroom is going to be different and Take what you can into the next mediation. Set a time limit. If if we are not one tiny point in real, I'm out of here. Yep. Well, Great and advice. I remember you saying I spent hundred thousand dollars on twenty five thousand, and 
it's not the furniture and all that stuff. It's he's got stuff. We'll just say we're going to keep it big, which is about $20,000 worth of stuff. Majority of that, that's the stuff that he's removed from the house and said I stole. Right. So having evidence about them, even if you can go back and find a picture that was like the right on the wall, again, the judge will make him accountable for these things. If it doesn't happen in mediation, you have all that evidence. That's what you've got to bring to court is the evidence of the things that he's saying never existed. And the, the one last thing that I should have put on my notes is not proofing your divorce decree part mm-hmm. in your book. Probably yes. one of my, I think I've read that section multiple times. I have, I probably have about five or six that I have to put into my decree as well. But talk a little bit about that because I think you are the only one who really talks about that in this community of um, divorce. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know what to call it. Like the regular lawyers call it bookending things. So again, if Christmas, it doesn't have anything in it, a narcissist will exploit it. And I use that, you've read it six times, so you'll know. I use the example of the first Christmas was the father's and he picked up the kids and then didn't bring them back for the entire like week and a half, two weeks. I forget what it was now. And the mom, the mother's like calling the police. He's supposed to have them for Christmas and it's two weeks later. Where's my kids? But the officer said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but it doesn't say when it ends. And so I started to put this together. I've gone to contempt of court hearings with clients and went, oh, you can add something like that to your decree. Funny, I don't ever see it in decrees, but the judge said, why don't we make sure we get that thing in there? So knowing that the narc proofing is really making sure that everything has a date and a time and if he's supposed to pay you payments, okay? So let's just say you're entitled to $300,000 somehow from all the investments or whatever, right? Um, if it just says he'll sell one of the rental houses and give you the 300000 mm-hmm. it doesn't say when, that has to be accomplished by. And that was one of the stories in the book with a friend of mine. I went to her contempt court hearing and it was two years later and she had spent $20,000 just to fight for what he was ordered to give her. So had there been a deadline on that clause, Mm -hmm. it would have made it a lot simpler. Same thing with children things. Everything is mapped out to the nth the detail, and it might be even harder to fight for it, but I equate it to how much did you spend on your wedding dress? (laughs) How much did you spend on your flowers? Oh, those were for a whole day. Did they last for 20 years? If you've got children, you are bargaining and negotiating for the next 18 years. It is worth whatever you have to spend to fight for the details that this gray areas of the divorce decree are. I work with clients that are coming to me post-divorce going, oh my God, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. What do I do? What do I do? And every time I learn from them what they need to do. And so that's what this whole section in the book is. Because if we don't narc proof it, they just see the gray and they just make up their own rules. And then if it's not in there, but let's say he had to sell that $300,000 house 
by December 31st and give you the money by January 31st, and he doesn't, that's called contempt of court. Before, it was a, oops, you didn't get that in your decree, ma'am, sorry. Now you've got evidence that has dates, and if they pass them, you can take action on those. Sure. And I think that is great information for the attorney representing these clients to, I mean, they have to be on their toes and they have to know what that means to narc proof. And I think your book, I hope a lot of attorneys are reading your book because it's so impactful. And about for my lawyer. I did, did you give it to your lawyer? Did you say client of mine? Yes, I bought one for my lawyer. Awesome. Yeah. Something that, again, people that, you know, just do divorces that aren't doing them with a narcissist, a normal decree says, you get them Christmas this year, I get them Christmas next year, have a nice day. But a narcissist, as we used that example before, will exploit it. They will sit there just to make it miserable for you. It didn't say I have to pay for braces. It just said, maybe if I wanted to. So I don't, and I'm not. It's like a little kid. So you have to give them strong boundaries. And that's what your decree is. It is the most important boundary document you will ever have. And it's great practice for setting boundaries in your future, right? It's going to make you, client, a stronger, more powerful person when you enter into a new relationship. Absolutely. So even this is an opportunity. (laughs) Right. You're like, I don't want opportunities to learn. I just wanted this to be over. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before the saddle up segment and this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will Be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. I have to say it is time to wind things down. And I am sitting here with so much gratitude that I have this amazing client that's able to get coached by this amazing woman, Tracy Malone. I'm so thankful that you were here. And Tracy, as we wind down in my podcast, I have what's called the saddle up segment. Now, here's the deal. You've given us so many tips, and, <laughs> but I know you have so much available. And one of them would be to read your book. It is. It's amazing. But if there is one little piece of information that you could hand over to my listeners today to help them moving along, can you give us that? 
The first thing is probably to protect yourself emotionally through this process. It's going to be a big, long, painful journey. The second part is not to give up hope. It might feel really hopeless. There's just no way this he's going to agree. It's not about him agreeing. It's having that. But for yourself, it is to know that this will end one day. And even if you don't get what you wanted, you are free and you're able to start all over again. And I'm not saying you have to go and marry someone else. I'm saying you get to live your life and not have that kind of abuse in it. And the third thing I would say is to make sure that you have as much detail into that decree so that those laws are now law that if they violate them, I have another thing in the book that doesn't get talked about, but it's, I think the most important thing, it's called the what if they don't clause. And I made that name up. So most lawyers are like, what the hell is that? (laughs) But it is basically a, a clause that I had a lawyer write for me that basically there's always that paragraph. Both parties are responsible for their legal fees, blah, blah, blah. This one says that line, but it also says that in the event that either party, not just him or you, either party doesn't comply with the orders above, like they didn't sell that $300,000 house, they will be responsible to pay your legal fees. And that's what going to that one hearing with my client and the judge said, I would love to, but it wasn't in the first decree. Get that in, because if you are worried about post-divorce abuse, this is going to stop them because now they're paying your bills. It's a lot easier to know that's on your side if you get that in. And it's written in a way that is for either party so that they don't take quite as much offense to it. If it was just that person, no, if I screw up too and I don't do it, I will pay your legal fees. So it works out and it's a lot easier to slip in there. So those are my closing Thank you for bringing that up because I think that's important to have in any divorce. Any divorce. So that's, yeah, that is an amazing, helpful little tidbit. Three of them you gave us. So good. Tracy, thank you so much for taking something really painful that you went through and helping the world. I really do have resources that nobody else does. And so we... My client, myself, all the listeners appreciate you. And if people want to find you, where's a great way to do that? We'll have it in the show notes. But where can people connect with you for coaching or your resources? So my website is NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. And I have links to financial aid services. I have links to domestic violence. There's so much on my website. And... Again, links to support groups, links to blogs, links to strategies and worksheets and all kinds of stuff. So it's all there. You can find it. And again, all my socials off of there and my Facebook group is off of there. There's plenty of support and find me there. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for being here, both of you. Take care. Before I go, I just want to let you know some exciting news. In addition to my online parenting plan course, I now have the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork course. This course is going to hold your hand through the mediation process and the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork. 
It's easy, effective, comprehensive. You will have what you need to file for divorce with this course. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter. 